Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Scottish Games Network podcast. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Ryan. I'm Brian Baglow. And I'm Andrew. And this week we have a plethora of topics to take you through, including what's on the website and what's going on with this podcast, because we've never actually told you that, despite this is the third episode and we probably should have done that by now. Well, I think if anything it shows that we're truly and honestly making this up as we go along. But... (laughs) We went out, we asked the the audience, we asked the community, we asked the network what they thought, and the silence was deafening. Um, Lots of people liked the post, but very few people actually responded, which um, I'm sorry to say was not unanticipated. However, after going all Grandpa Simpson on them, we did get some really good and sort of very detailed bits of feedback. So we're going to be implementing that and we're going to be talking about it. So bear with us because this is very much a work in progress. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. So... To kick us off, let's go through what we did on the website this week. We'll start with uh, the Glitchers moved to Scotland. Brian, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, yeah. This this was this was great. It was really kind of unexpected. Um, Glitchers is an amazing development studio. They were based in the in the heart of London, and they've done some really interesting projects in the past few years. Uh, they did um, SeaQuest, and uh, that's a game which actually helps people learn more about the symptoms of um, uh, dementia. So as you navigate this this particular world, um, the way that you navigate, the way that you find a route can actually help identify really, really early symptoms of dementia. Uh, so they've decided to move to Edinburgh and um, they, they're invested in the community up here. They really want to get more involved. They're really keen to talk to more of the developers and find out who else is in the whole gaming ecosystem. But uh, for the foreseeable future, they will be uh, working remotely. But um, they're live and in the heart of Edinburgh. So a big welcome to Max and the Glitchers team. And we're looking forward to getting you onto the podcast at some point soon. Absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing their neon sign that they've promised. This kind of cyberpunk yeah, style neon sign outside the building. Absolutely, a hundred foot high. I'm sure that, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. He promised faithfully it would be hundred feet high in the centre of Edinburgh, dwarfing the castle. So Absolutely. yeah, yes, uh, no pressure, Max, but make it happen. I, I'm pretty sure I heard rumours that they were flattening part of the castle to make room for the neon sign. Like just get rid of the outer wall because we don't need that, and it just obstructs the view. You know. Yeah, well, you know, the one o'clock gun might fall off and hurt some. You know tourists but i guess that's progress for you yeah well, that's it we've got to move on that thing's been there too long <laughs> speaking yeah. about not moving on um I, the, one of the pieces i covered this week was the fact that so many people aren't moving on from gta 5 a game that came out eight years ago oh year. that that was a silky smooth transition i love the segue Thanks oh, very much. This, we're a real well, podcast now, three episodes in. Here we are. Um, we've arrived. Well, um, not only was I surprised at the fact that GTA 5 was one of the best sellers last year, the online game is just not going anywhere whatsoever. And the thing that surprised me about that is that it's really not part of the conversation at all on social media or just largely in the game's discourse. You know, we've. We hear about Fortnite all the time, we hear about Apex Legends all the time, we hear about Among Us, but you know, GTA is up there doing those kind of numbers and it's not really talked about in the same extent, I think. Could it just be that it's just it's a mainstay of this console generation or just 
of gaming since like it came out at the end of the last generation it came out at like 360 yep. ps3 so is it just that people accept that gta is here and it's always doing really well so they never really mention oh yeah i'm still playing it by the way whereas apex legends um among us games like that people are going oh i've just picked it up and it's great fun i've been playing it with my mates and they're talking about that but they're not saying oh but i'm still doing heists on gta online if if i may i think the the thing that you'll find is that the, the hype cycle did indeed happen but it happened eight years ago you know so we went through all of this and it was like um when the game was released there was a huge amount of press coverage mostly positive uh, rather than the ban this sick filth um stuff that we've had for <laughs> nearly 30 years now um so we're seeing more and more people just regarding it as as part of their gaming lifestyle as part of their day and you know you're you're absolutely right um it's not getting the headlines it's not necessarily generating the same sort of stories but the fact that it's still being played and played in such amazing numbers and generating such a lot of revenue is down to one thing it's a damn good game you know we we way 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 back in the midst of time we saw this with the very first title which is it just kept selling and selling and selling for like a year um whereas every other game that came out had the usual you hype it you hype it you release it you've got six or eight weeks and then it falls off a cliff but the game just kept going and it was word of mouth and I think again, it's the same thing. You know, I've got GTA Five. I'm playing GTA Five. I'm playing GTA Online. Come and join me. And so I still think that it's the the user base, the players, the community, um, and the fact that it's an amazingly good, fun game to play. And and Andrew, you were quite right. It's no longer just about stealing cars and shooting policemen in the face. You've got walking tours. You've got mountaineering clubs. You can go and have afternoon tea with your maiden aunt, should you so wish. Yeah, I, I think there must be that kind of degree of like, you know, Animal Crossing type appeal to it or maybe like World of Warcraft back in the day where it is just like a social space for people that they, you know, it's on their schedule just to be there once a night for half an hour, check in and then do their thing. It seems that that's the kind of relationship that its players have with it at this point, I would imagine. I think the main reason that this game's seen longevity is, I think, Brian, you've hit the nail on the head. It's a good game. It's that simple. You know, they've made arguably one of the most important games of all time just by how, like, influential it's been, how, like, it's stuck around for so long. Uh, Like, you know, any other game that came out at the end of last generation, like, we'll we'll say Last of Us, uh, it did really well and we still talk about it, but I can't imagine there's as many people playing it now as they did back then but people are still playing gta and obviously that's because of the genre but it's also just an incredible game i remember the first time i booted it up and just driving around los santos it's just it's a living breathing world it's great fun yeah i i think i actually wrote that tagline for number one anyway uh, not trying to age or date myself too too much so uh mm, moving swiftly on uh, Andrew, it turned out one legendary TV series was coming back. Yeah, legendary apparently. I mean, I I had never seen anything to do with Games Master before this week, so it's all new to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so so Games Master, this Channel Four program from the early to mid nineties, uh, they decided that this is the time to bring Games Masters back. Right? Say again. Sorry. Yeah. 
And you, you can say uh, last century, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, from last century entertainment, definitely. Um, but yeah, they decided that now is the time to bring it back um, through, uh, basically through a, a kind of sales post saying to, basically calling out to brands or people that might be interested in investing in it, look, this is what's going on. So it wasn't like a kind of full-on official news announcement, but then of course, the games media picked up on that. And I think everyone's just curious to see how they turn something that's just so utterly dated <laughs> and uh, to something that might be of interest today. And the question I have, Brian, is, was it utterly ridiculous at the time? It kind of was, but it was also the bearing in mind, right? This was pre-Twitch. This was pre-YouTube. This was the only way that you could see games being played. And if you were a gamer, it was the first time you really got a sense on, on TV that there were other people out there like you. And, you know, and it pulled in some big names, you know, Dave Perry, the games animal, Sir Patrick Moore and Dominic Diamond, who let's be honest, always had that peculiarly Scottish dark sense of humour and uh, risky attitude to being in a, a studio full of yeah. teenagers um, in terms of his language. So it has to come back, but taking the early, slightly shambolic, slightly amateur approach and then reimagining it for the TikTok generation, yeah, I think that's a big ask. Oh, that's not what we're like. Is that what we're being called now? The TikTok generation? That's upsetting. Uh. Ryan, it, it makes me wonder what do you think your room. The, But it makes me wonder what do you think is the value in retaining that name? Because you would imagine that to either they're doing the program as a complete nostalgia, you know, kind of one off kind of like nostalgia thing, or they're making a program for a new generation. And if they're doing that, why use the branding of something that has no cachet to the kind of new audience? Well, it does. It does. It has right. a legacy. You know, the Games Master was so big that it actually spawned a magazine. Future Publishing sure. ran a Games Master magazine for well over a decade. In fact, maybe even a couple of decades. Um, so it only, it only really closed down in the last few years. Uh, so, so there is legacy there you know there is some brand value whether or not you know whippersnappers like, like you guys um recognize it or not there's there are a lot of people across the gaming spectrum and it's not all 18 to 35 year old white males let's remember um <laughs> there's a lot of people who remember it with great fondness you know or, or hmm. who maybe came across a stash of the magazines in their their dad's wardrobe or something so you know it, it's i think it's a a smart move but whether it will retain the charm and the sort of the, the, the specialness um, in a world where Twitch exists, I just don't know. You know, games TV yeah. shows have always been something that kind of interests me, and it kind of ended up bleeding into the article itself. We, um, When we discussed the story at the start of the week, we just started speaking about other game shows, like our game shows sounds like I'm talking about the chase, uh, gaming TV shows, and we started speaking about Time Commanders and a handful of other titles uh, or shows that they they're always so peculiar but in a really cool and endearing way to yeah. a greater or lesser degree it's like saturday morning kids tv shows again i'm probably gonna have to bloody explain that to you as well um it's some of them some of them were charmingly lo-fi some of them were slick and well produced and some of them were just downright weird um if you want a little trip down memory lane go and, and 
I have a little look on YouTube for Runaround with Mike Reed, who went on to be in EastEnders. Uh, that was just mental. Uh, but yeah, you know, gaming was so new, gaming had no context. So a lot of TV stations, broadcasters, production companies just tried to see what they could come up with. And some of them worked, some of them hit, some of them didn't. You know, some of them got really cult audiences and and some of them really fell flat on their faces and should be should have been buried at a crossroads at midnight with a concrete slab on top of them. Um, I won't name names, but they know who they are. <laughs> I mean, regardless, these TV shows make jobs. And do you know what else makes jobs? Games Job Live! <laughs> there we go, well- that's my segue. <laughs> That was that. That was slick. If I had to pick it apart, I would say that they're not making jobs but promoting, promoting jobs. Promoting them, yes. It was pretty good for an off-the-cuff one. I'm I'm enjoying that. Oh, I'm try my best. Working with professionals here, Brian. Well, <laughs> it's what I like. It's what I like to see, Brian. Keep it up, honestly. Um, so yes, our, our friend Colin McDonald, um, the the guy behind Indie Champions and Games Jobs Live. Which is not a word that you want, or words that you want to say after about five cups of coffee, uh, is back and he has three new events running across the whole of February. So on Wednesday this week, he ran a straight uh, down the line Games Jobs Live. Come and hear from studios who are recruiting. And it's fantastic because it gives you a way to find out more about the companies who are out there, what they're doing, the kind of games they produce, the kind of roles they're recruiting for. And um, it's a great way of bringing people a little bit closer to the uh, the companies out there who are hiring because in a lot of cases as we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast games companies can be a little bit reticent about talking about themselves uh, so that was wonderful to see and then later this month colin will be uh, doing one of the events at the playaway festival more of which in just a moment uh, and then finally he's uh, rerunning his game jam so we've got game parade which is a game jam which will use judges from across the industry to look at uh, the entries and really allow people to showcase their talents, their creativity, their technical skills to people actually working in the industry who are also hiring. You know, it connects so many dots. I'm surprised we don't get a picture of a puppy. Do you know, I, it was actually a really cool um, live stream they ran for that uh, recruitment drive. Uh, I went and watched it this morning. I watched it through on YouTube, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And if I forget to do that, go and shout at me on Twitter, and I'll go and edit it and change it. Uh, but what they did was they set up a tw- uh, a Discord, as well as having the live stream, which meant that after the yep. speakers had finished talking, you could go and directly talk to them about the job and about like the type of thing they do and what they're looking for. And it was just a really good way of like doing an online careers fair like i remember back when i was in school i went to a careers fair and the best thing about it is not just looking like watching someone tell you about the job like something that they're repeating fifty thousand times a day but they're actually like sitting down with you and going oh this is why you know this is a great job to have and this is why you should be working with us and yeah i think especially considering what's going on in the world and we can't yeah. have proper it's careers far too, fairs. Far too really many people good. out there are trying to replicate live events um, and failing miserably. And I think coming from a gaming background has been hugely useful because 
so many people out there are used to the idea of second screening and so watching a live stream and communicating on twitch or you know something along those lines uh, watching a youtube stream and and commenting not just in the the comment stream um but with other people who are watching at the same time so it, it recontextualizes things and it, it really you know gives you a chance to meet people that you wouldn't even if you were going out to the e3s and the game developer conferences and every single meetup that you can in the city that you're near so my hat's off to colin it's it's a, a great initiative and I, I really hope it helps attract more people into long-term careers in the games industry and finally because it's the law now that we have to mention it at least every podcast um we wrote a lovely piece and published a good bit about uh, Jock Finley and Dwerg Saga, Ryan. Yes, we did. Um, after covering him on the podcast and over on the YouTube channel, we had to complete the trifecta and have him on the website as well. Um, so all, like that article just details a little bit about the game and my experience with it, as well as trying to sort of sell you on the idea of it and get over there and actually download the demo and try it out for yourself. Uh, I've spoken about it enough so I don't really want to go into it too much but essentially the game is you'll take control of a clan of dwerg or like they're like dwarves sort of I explained the differences in the uh, the article and you sort of just take them like on a journey you'll sort of build their home and take them on adventures admittedly since it's in quite early development there's not much adventures to be had at the moment but if you stick around with it um, and you can always support him on Patreon if you want to do that to see the game move along a wee bit quicker. Um, yeah, Come on. It, Dwarf Fortress um, and The Sims in Minecraft. What's not, not to like? Exactly. I think, as we said in the article, it's a cult classic in the making. It might not be, you know, the super casual mainstream hit, but I think there's a hardcore audience out there who are absolutely going to love it. So, you know, our fingers are crossed for Jock and uh, we'll be following the progress of the game as it continues. And I'm very well aware that there'll be people watching this that are extremely talented. And considering I mention Dwarf or, uh, Dwerg Saga every week, if I don't see fan art of me as a Dwerg, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, consider, I have to say. Consider it a challenge. Consider it a challenge. Excellent. So, news section done. Um, and that may well be the last sort of in-depth news section, since some of the feedback we got was, stop talking about what you wrote on the website. So we're considering it. We're considering it. You know, it's quite nice to summarise. You know, not everybody who's listening to the podcast reads the website. Thank you very much. But <laughs> we are taking that on board and we are going to be introducing a different focus uh, next week, which brings us smoothly, and I do mean smoothly, gentlemen, oh, silky. into the main topic, the SGN podcast. What the hell is it? Who is it for? And all that kind of thing. Now, that, guys, was a sig. That was a segue. That was a genuine link. Yeah, no, that was much better than my forced uh, creating jobs thing. But I try, we try, but you know, like, it's just nothing beats experience. That's the problem. You find so many euphemisms to call me old. 100%. I live for it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's like when redundancies roll around, you know, all of these notes are being stored. That's all I'm saying. Oh well, um, yeah, so this week we've been sort of speaking, more importantly, today, all day, we've been doing nothing but speak about the podcast and what, where we're taking it and what we're going to be doing with it and we're just workshopping it. Uh, yeah, we're really exciting to see, like, exciting? 
We're really excited, is what I should be saying. We are really exciting. We are. We're exciting people, and we're also excited to see where it takes us. And yeah, like I think next week's show could be an awful lot different. So if you really like this, don't worry. The same content will be found in other places, but might not all be in this particular package. Yeah, yeah. We're we're exploring an options. It's um, you know, rather than rather than go out and ask people across the industry what they want, um, which is a really good way of inducing high blood pressure and getting absolutely, you know, the sound the words, of a The bell. words teeth and pulling come to mind, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, teeth, pulling, blood, stone. It's, I, 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 there is a reason that I have a reputation across the industry as the, uh, the grumpy old nag who keeps going back and asking people for things like, you know, to speak at events or to tell me about the game that you're releasing, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, why would anyone? Why would anyone want to do that? So, rather than hang about and wait for that, we just jumped in with both feet and thought, "Well, we'll make something. We'll publish it. We'll see what people think." Um, but we are going to be lean. We're going to be agile. It's we're going to fail small, fail fast, and fail cheap, because it doesn't get a whole lot cheaper than this. Although. You'll be delighted to know that we now have a paid Zoom account, so uh, we're not going to be trying to race through the final five minutes and fit everything in that we forgot to blether about. But um, yeah, we're going to be changing things up. We're going to be evolving on an ongoing basis, uh, a little bit like the protomolecule in The Expanse, um, but hopefully with less horrific consequences for humanity. I've just thought you mentioned The Expanse and we didn't speak about what we've been playing slash watching slash doing this week. Ah. See, we're mixing it up, we're mixing it up, we're keeping it fresh, guys. Ah, we'll do that at the end. Um, and also, Brian, I am incredibly proud of you. You called yourself old for once, which was... <laughs> I have one job here, and it's to remind everybody that I am an elder statesman of the games industry now. By dint of just hanging about for so long. I see. You know, I didn't have to achieve anything, I just had to be here, so... Thanks for noticing, guys. Um, well, well, I, I had a, I had a, um, a brush with the, the feeling old this week when we ran the poll about the podcast and discovered that overwhelmingly people use Spotify to listen to podcasts these days. When did that happen? What happened to plugging my iPod video into iTunes and downloading each episode individually, waiting for half an hour, and then, you know, going outside syncing my iPod, then going outside and listen to it, come back, sync it again, get the next one. What are we doing? Streaming podcasts now? What is this? It's it's like a new tomorrow. It's like the future of humanity. Streaming media. Streaming media is killing the music industry slash, you know, so the screen industries slash video games, which I think we mentioned in the last episode. But um, yeah, I was, I was kind of amazed. And it was followed hot on the heels by the number of people who listen on YouTube. Yeah, no, I was shocked by that one. Because um, we got some feedback after our first episode being like, uh, I don't know anyone that listens to um, podcasts on YouTube. It's a really clunky way to do things. You know, you can't lock your phone and, you know, wander about while you have it or whatever. You've got to stay at your desk or whatever. Um, so I decided, I took the executive decision to not upload the last video, uh, the last one to YouTube. And then after seeing the... Uh, the overwhelming response of like, I think it was about 30% that were like, oh yeah, I watch on YouTube. I was like, ah, oh, okay, well everything that I've uploaded to, you know, like Spotify and Anchor and all that 
it's gonna go up on YouTube as well. So um, you got a, a dump of like an episode and two mini episodes on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon even. Uh, and you know, you'll have this on YouTube as well. So we're going to meet you where you are. Yes. Consumer. We are. It's like if you're listening on on Podbean or Stitcher or wherever the hell it is, um, even something as crazy as Spotify, we'll be there. We'll be there. And we have to be on Spotify. You know, Joe Rogan can't have it always in the way. Um, if we're there already, then, you know, clearly they can't offer us several billion dollars to sort of leap on and save the platform. But um, we'll work towards it. By anyway. the end of the month, we'll be pressing them on vinyl and selling them online. That's what we'll be doing. <laughs> You do not that's know. That's what I'll get. Friends. I'll finally start listening then. <laughs> you do not know some of my friends. Please do not make promises that we cannot keep, unless it's a stretch goal for the hipster. <laughs> we can tone back, uh, tone it back, go a little bit more hipster, and say cassettes if you really want to. Yeah, I was going to say okay. this. This is the generation that grew up with home computers. You're not making this any less attractive. Oh, we have an industry where one of the hottest indies in Dundee is. Um, 3D printing NES cartridges. So, you know, retro is the new future. Oh, Please. Yeah. The stuff, the stuff Ali's doing is great. Oh, I've just had an idea. Floppy disks. Let's do floppy disks. I am going to come to wherever you are and I am going to pull your spleen out through the back of your throat. <laughs> oh, I love you too, Brian. We'll get people asking for this. It's three and a quarter or five and a half. Mm. It's half inch, half inch mag realty. Right. Oh, We're just going to start. No, no, we are not going to start listing storage media. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> uh. Especially for when for you guys, it's something that you've you only ever read about in books. Excuse me, I have a cassette collection. <laughs> uh, wait, read about in what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not go there. Okay, so content-wise, what are we doing, gentlemen? Um, so next week there is an awful lot of playaway content we've um, been chasing up or more importantly our lovely editor Brian Baglow has been chasing up various people that are doing talks and panels at playaway and we'll be speaking to a majority of them yeah it's we've we've been put in touch with quite a lot of the people who are um, either speaking or taking part in panels everyone from developers and researchers through to performers composers and some really interesting people who you're not going to have heard from before and that's important because when we were talking about this earlier one of the things that that we really sort of wanted to pin down was who is this for what is it that we're trying to do what you know what is this podcast for it can't just be about video games and antique you know media um it has to be for something and and i think the the key thing we've got here is the opportunity to showcase scotland's games ecosystem not just the industry not just the developers themselves but everybody working across scotland's video game sector because it's an awful lot more extensive and it's an awful lot more diverse than i think anybody really realizes apart from us because we've been mapping it and researching it so the opportunity to go out and talk to the academics, go out and talk to the tech companies, go out and talk to the people who are helping this weird and wonderful industry evolve in so many different ways is absolutely where we need to be going. So 
Over the next week, we are talking to at least half a dozen of the speakers, presenters and panellists who are taking part in the Playaway Festival. And we will be bringing them to you across a variety of channels, from written content on the website through to audio content and potentially even video up on YouTube. Um, so really looking forward to that. And we've got some fantastically interesting people who I've never spoken to. So I don't quite know what we're going to get out of it, but I have a funny feeling it is going to be fascinating. Yeah, so some of those interviews are going to be really interesting to do. We're sort of splitting them between the team, so you'll get them on a range of different platforms and like content types, which is really cool as we're trying to sort of spread out that way. But in addition to the playaway stuff, we've also... Uh, got talks with um, British Esports. That should also be going live on the channel. And a secret mystery upcoming game that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about yet because I don't think the developers announced it and I feel like they should announce it before I do. Yeah, let's 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 not spoil it. Let's not spoil it. We're not we're not here to kind of try and um, you know uh, grab exclusives or, or break news. Uh, we're here to support and help and encourage the, the whole of the games ecosystem and try and showcase it. Uh, as much as that may be a thankless task, you know, uh, we, we really want to try and convey the complexity and the diversity and the total weirdness of making video games in Scotland in this, the year of our award, 2021. So I think moving forward, this is this is kind of where we're going. We're going to be picking a big topic. We're going to be picking a, th- a chunky theme and then really sort of drilling down into it. You'll get a bit of news. You'll get a bit of, you know, what else we're doing because we're conversational and chatty people. But we're really going to try and pull out interesting topics that you are not likely to hear anywhere else and talk to the people that you've not come across, The you know, the not the usual suspects. And we've got so many amazingly good people in Scotland that aren't really getting seen anywhere else. I mean, let's be honest, guys, when we do see something from a a company in Scotland, it tends to be we have a new game that has come out or, uh, you know, potentially they're, they're hiring. But there's no real coverage. There's no real um, insight into what the heck else is going on up here outside individual companies. And I think that's where we come in. I think where we can do something that nobody else in the world is. <laughs> you made us sound like the video game Avengers, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's let's go with that. It's like, hands up everyone who's immediately picturing them to see who, which one they would be. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Um, well, I know well, who I'm picturing you as, Ryan, but I'm not going to see. Oh, do you know, I feel like it's just oh, good. I, I think you see me as Thor, because, I mean, you guys could see me, and I definitely have Chris Hemsworth's body. So, I mean, it's that. What, in a wardrobe? <laughs> Sorry? In a wardrobe or buried under your patio? Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> deeply hurt and offended, Brian. <laughs> it's, well, it's, I'm... I'm Taking Debs, everyone th- thinks I'm going to say I want to be Tony Stark, but no, no, I'd rather be Justin Hammer. Um, I think if, as long as I'm getting the government contracts, whether or not anybody cares about the output, yeah, you know, as long as I get the yacht, um, the lollipop, and I can do the slick dance moves on stage in front of an adoring audience, that's pretty much me. Andrew, who are you? Oh, I'm like the side down here. I haven't actually seen the Avengers. I'm sorry, but. That means I have seen Chris Hemsworth. 
Um, my Crimson Heavens story is that uh, I was at a Comic-Con down in London, maybe about, it was around the time that the first Thor film came out and he was supposed to be doing a kind of guest Q&A and he turned up about two hours late drunk. So What a lad. <laughs> story. So very much yeah. the Thor from Endgame then. Okay. Nice. It's nice yeah, that he was in character throughout. That that's always yeah. out lovely. And I don't think I'm I'm revealing any spoilers there. Oh no. Uh, Dad Bod Thor is definitely uh the thing you want to work towards. Well, it's like okay, it's now official that we all have to decide which Avengers character you want to be, Andrew, because otherwise we'll pick and I can absolutely assure you you're not gonna like what we have to see. Can we uh let's do a poll. Let's do something uh let's Follow us over to the Scottish Games Facebook page and let us know which one of us, like, what like, Avenger each of us are. We'll open it up, just what Marvel superhero we are. You know, if you if you think that uh, Brian is Rocket Raccoon, let him know he's Rocket Raccoon. Actually, I can totally see that. I can actually see that, yeah. It's like, it doesn't swear nearly enough for my comfort level, but okay, we, we can go with that. I think we are more of a Guardians of the Galaxy group than an Avengers group. You know, I think we're a bit more, you know, mismatched than the Avengers. Gambolic and pursued across the galaxy. Yeah, yeah I, I think I like the idea of being like space pirates slash heroes. I think that's quite a cool thing to do. Now we need to start, a, like, I, we were speaking about D&D podcasts. We need to start a Lasers and Feelings podcast where we, uh, we play that tabletop RPG and we can actually be the space pirates we want to be. Lasers and Lycra, you've got to love it. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I think that's a good place to end it before you start picturing us in Lycra. So, as always, this has I'm been... I'm in Lycra as we speak. Come on. <laughs> you guys aren't? Well, I mean, only on my bottom <laughs> half. I thought I'd spare you guys. <laughs> okay, but yeah, as always, this has been the Scottish Games Network podcast. We've been your hosts. I've been Ryan. I've been Brian. And I've been Andrew. And thank you ever so much for watching and we shall see you next time. Take care.